Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast, bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Mad Scientist Kyle. I'm here with Mike and Zach. What's up, guys? Hold up. You're going to have to like duck down a little bit. They can't see your hair. <laughs> yeah, so it's not even the headphones are suppressing it. I... Um, it's a federal holiday, so it's also like a shower holiday. I uh, basically my this is what my hair looks like when I wake up. So um, I actually I started the cast wearing a hat, and Mike was like, "What are you doing? Did you shave your head or something?" So um, here, this is the like the full. There we go. Yeah. There we go. That's yeah. the bad scientist. That's that's yeah. that's where this reference is coming from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's... I'm I'm totally referring to you as Doc Brown the entire episode. The entire episode. <laughs> I'm not saying Kyle once. I'm saying Doc Brown. The entire yeah, there you go. I if I gelled it like that, it can get pretty vertical. Um, <laughs> I've done that in the past for Halloween costume purposes. Uh, but yeah. Um, anyway, enough about my hair. Uh, let's talk Legion. So. Let's hit a, do we have any housekeeping, Mike? We do not have any housekeeping uh, that I am aware of. Uh, I know Jay released a new uh, How to Legion video uh, this week. Um, so check that out if you're new to Legion. Um, but outside of that, I don't think we've got anything pressing. Cool. Um, check out our Patreon if you want to support us. TheFifthTrooper.com slash Patreon, right? Um, I'm pretty sure it's patreon.com slash the fifth trooper. Okay, I was close. <laughs> See, this is why I don't do housekeeping. Uh, yeah, check it out if you want to support us uh, or the blog or the other podcasts. This is plural. Um, anyway. Uh, All right, let's you, move on. You to... could find the link to our Patreon on the fifth trooper.com. Um, yes, there you go. There you go. Uh, okay, let's hit news real quick because there is one slight news, small news item. Welcome to In the so News. So the quick news item I want to hit um, is basically that Nova Open has not exactly been canceled, but it's kind of been canceled. Um, it's not super clear, like, precisely what is meant by this message, but they basically sent something out that said, uh, basically, because of the pandemic. And then here's the interesting part. Um, uh, the executive board decided that planning a full-sized full-sized Nova Open in 2021 is not a good use of valuable time. Instead, the executive board is turning its attention to creating a, quote, different Nova Open, which addresses the community's needs and wants while recognizing the realities of the pandemic. Um, and then they, they go on to say, we've got our fingers crossed and our eyes set on September 1st. You can register, and here's a registration date. So um, it's not really clear to me what that means. That's To me, that says either, like, online like Gen Con did or even some kind of invitational or something, which I assume would probably just be 40K because that's um like their primary thing yeah. at Nova Open. I mean, like for us Legionnaires, um, the Star Wars Legion is a very small tournament uh, there compared to everything else. I mean, clearly 40K takes the cake. But even like compared to like X-Wing and stuff, it's Legion draws a pretty... I, not a small crowd. It's a it's like a decent event. Um, but, yeah, it's a national, so it's six sixty four. You know, but, um, uh, but yeah, the forty k event is like five hundred or something ridiculous like that. So yeah, I I imagine they will prioritize uh, 
the, those types of things. But I don't know. This is pretty vague. Um, so it's kind of a question mark. I do think that it um, kind of underscores the messaging that we've received from AMG re- regarding organized play and how they're hesitant to kind of move forward with it this year and, and things like that. So um, to me, this is kind of just a reinforcement that we probably won't see organized play open up in real life until probably next year. Yeah. I mean, another thing is they probably don't want to deal with like stuff that they dealt with last year too. Right. Like I think a lot of like the big cons had to kind of like wait until last minute to cancel because of like insurance reasonings. Right. So like they'd be tying up a lot of like people's money basically until the very last minute. So it's a complicated situation. Um, it's only February. So it's like when you first mentioned it to me, Kyle, I was like, Ooh, it's a little early to kind of cancel it just because we're heading the right direction. Um, you know, or, or at least it feels like we might be heading the right direction. Right. Um, but I also respect that they're taking like precaution too. So um, I, I think that this is just normal right now. And, and uh, we need to accept that uh, and just we'll get a tournament eventually. Right. Like it'll come. We're, we're getting to that point at some point. Um, there's light at the end of the tunnel. I feel like I say that every episode now. Um, but if it's not if it's not the Nova Open, it'll be something else. Um, and and that, which, that, that's just how it has to be uh, for everyone's safety, right? Yeah, it's perfectly sensible, right? Like if you know, there's a good chance that it's going to get canceled anyway. What, like planning a convention is a lot of work. You know, like you said, you you tie up everyone's money that signs up for that time period. You got to book space. It's just it's a ton of effort to go into something that may or may not happen. And I I totally get where they're coming from, where they're like, let's just figure out a way to proactively assume that we're not going to be able to do, you know, a full blown quote unquote normal Nova Open. And I don't know exactly what they have in mind, but it sounds like they're either going to do some sort of reduced size pared down thing or some kind of online thing or some combination. So anyway, excited for whatever that is. Um, sad that COVID is still around, but it is, and that's the reality. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to do a Legion convention tournament again sometime. I'll be there <laughs> whenever <laughs> that is. And, uh, like literally I don't care where it is. It could be like in the like back alley of like, some shady city. I'm not going to try and point blank any, any city. And Jersey. I still go there right now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I hey. like you say that, but like, I don't know. Uh, Mike, you would do it there. We have an addiction to no, this game. No, I wouldn't. I, I really wouldn't. I, um, while yes, I love this game and I would, I'm not going to sacrifice my health and my body for, it. <laughs> well, let's, 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 let's assume that, uh, that whatever the first con is is essentially like appropriately timed let's yeah. say um i mean like <clears throat> i wouldn't stay in like a crappy hotel and then like you know yeah you know i don't know I'm, it's not gonna I'm, it's not gonna, gonna be that though like that, you know? yeah, yeah yeah totally i just like that's what you guys are attempting to say right like i like, will play in the streets like, of well, baltimore that's how bad i want to play <laughs> <laughs> hey, Baltimore's great. Yeah, Come on. Baltimore is great. 
Don't don't hate on Baltimore. Um, haven't <laughs> hey, you, haven't I, you I, seen I, the Expanse? Um, haven't you seen The Wire? <laughs> <laughs> Neither of those were filmed at the uh, National Harbor, or not the National Harbor. That's not even in Baltimore. The Baltimore Harbor. Baltimore um, Harbor is nice. I like National Baltimore. Harbor is actually in the other direction. But it is still in Maryland, at least. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> It's sort of in Maryland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, it's not like I don't live 40 minutes from it. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, that's news. So we've got sort of a two-part topic today that's related. Let's hit our tactics section. Get ready for advanced tactics. So last week we talked about Rebel Corps. This week we're going to talk about Empire Corps. <laughs> and I know this is a... Uh, hot topic in the competitive community. Um, some people would simply say Empire Core is bad. And they would be very wrong. Yeah. Um, as, so, as the Imperial player in the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so this, this, the reason this will be a two part is the first part is going to be discussing Empire Core. And the second part is going to be uh, basically discussing Maybe some outside the box ideas for some competitive empire lists. What's an empire yeah. core first? Yeah, I mean, just for like clarification, like this is like a discussion we had earlier in like amongst ourselves, and we're like, this is a good discussion. Let's pop this in with our chat, and it goes hand in hand somewhat. And Mike probably will be the one that can you know convey that message better. But yeah, let's hit the core first. So. I want to do stormtroopers last. I, th <laughs> I think that that's important. I, no, hundred yeah. percent. I, I, I uh, so why don't we start with snow troopers? So two part question: A, are you taking them? B, how many of in what? C, in what kind of list? And D, what are you? What equipment are you putting on them? So that was like a four part question. I know. Yeah. Um, Let's start with A. Are you taking them? And in what context? <laughs> Um, I think snows are actually better than people give them credit for. Um, I think steady is still a very good keyword. Uh, a double move, uh, shoot with a snow trooper, um, is obviously a little bit further than a speed two move. So you have a little more room for error. Um, the reason why I would consider taking them is honestly because of hostage exchange. If I'm being honest, because of action economy. Um, and what I mean by that is if you're playing hostage with chores, I mean, with the snows, uh, is you can move twice and you can take a pot shot and, uh, a turn one shot from your hostage carrier is actually kind of big. Um, like, cause you're typically in hostage exchange, right? And this is a very specific niche case, right? But in hostage exchange, the, the battle's usually right towards the middle, as you guys know from your game. Right. And there's usually yeah, units... Do. <laughs> yeah but but what my point is like usually there's units for you to shoot right and what i mean and what i think the most important thing about snows in a list if you were to bring them in specifically on hostage i know it's still niche is your opponent actually has to kind of think how they deploy a little bit differently because if they leave it an opponent if they leave a unit exposed those snows can take a shot at them um and that's that's very important like if you're in a close engagement and like you have strike teams but like those snows can like double move and like get both models uh like 
which you really shouldn't be letting your opponent do number one, but if it is the case, right, that's happening, you're now allowing your opponent to shoot your snipers, potentially kill those snipers and take the points lead and then run away with their hostage. Right. And you want to try and avoid that situation. I just think snows can kind of put more thought process on your opponent. I do think that they are fine as a, like a one or two of in certain lists. I'm not saying like every list should be taking snows, but I do think that there is a case for them. Um, if I were to take them, believe it or not, I probably would take the ion gun. Um, I know that sounds crazy. Um, but I just don't, I think the flamethrower puts you in the wrong mindset. It makes you want to play aggro with them and get into positions that they necessarily don't want to be in, in this type of environment. Um, the other case would be to take them naked and bring them straight up as like a hostage or like hostage insurance, basically. Um, but I do think there's a, a better case for snows than say last week we talked about fleets. Right. Um, and I know the comparison gets made between, because they're similar units, but that's where my mind goes with it. I think all of that is fair. Um, so I, I will say, uh, as we start the Imperial Corps discussion, I do think Snows are significantly behind the other two choices. Or totally. Three no, choices. totally agree. Um, I think, interestingly enough, I, I, I don't like Snows in the hostage situation that you were describing, um, specifically because they are slow. And if they get suppressed, you're moving even slower. Um, well, they're they're moving the same speed you would with the hostage, anyways. I I understand. Um, and I, and they I, are able to I, shoot I, after the second move. When I say slow, what I mean is they're not moving speed two; they're moving speed one. Every you know, I mean, like with with the hostage, they're still speed one. Um, but I don't know. I um, I'm just thinking action economy on top of those speed one moves. I it's feel really, you. Yeah. I I don't know. Um, I, I suppose it's a little defensible. I still think that you blaring the flamer and frag grenades. Um, if it, like, if that's what you're trying to do is target hostage exchange and, and to be honest, I'm not sure hostage should even go in Imperial decks, but if you, if you are going to target hostage exchange with snow troopers, I think that you, you go all in with the flamer and the frag grenade and try and hit something with your invulnerable shield turn one and, and really dice them. Um, it, like if if that's the reason you're bringing snow troopers, um, I I don't think it's I I'm not I'm not saying that that's a, a good thing to do. I just um, yeah. Uh, I think snow troopers are always a one of. Um, and basically, if you're going to take snow troopers, they are a one of. Um, I think that they are uniquely suited to lists that include palp, um, because you can kind of you can do a double tap thing and really you know, uh, get the flamer going. Um, I think that you really, I don't know. To me, the issue with snow troopers has always been suppression and their ability to get on target. And I think that right now, like snow trooper officers is a thing you could do. It's really expensive. It's like yeah. too expensive. I think it for feels what the bad. It feels does. bad on paper. Yeah. yeah. I, um, so I'm more in the, if you're going to run snow troopers, run them lean, keep them behind cover until they're, they're kind of like a mini linebacker unit that blows something up if it gets close. Um, and I think, uh, that that's why you should not only bring the flamer, but bring frag grenades as well, because, um, if, if, so that they can deal with large group of units, like a large unit 
or they can deal with like a Luke Skywalker or whatever and just toss five red into him um, with steady, you know. Um, but overall, I think that the Snowtrooper is leaning into something that the Empire has been traditionally not so great at. Um, in that it's like close range, and most Empire lists are trying to keep their distance, frankly, um, for the most part. And I think I think because it doesn't really thread with what we see Imperials doing um, more commonly these days, and I think the Snowtrooper just doesn't doesn't fit that as well. Um, that's just me. So a couple, I agree with. A significant portion of what you guys have said. Um, I think that snows are basically Vader Palp only. I actually think they're fantastic in a, in a Palp list. Uh, I would personally take the Flamer. I know that some people have specifically have had success with the Ion. Um, I don't know what his round robin group makeup is, but the Ion seems positively useless if you're not facing droids or vehicles. I mean, if, if you're playing against droids, it's really good. Right, like, yeah, like, like clearly, it's, it is. It is exceptional if, if yeah. you're playing against droids. But if you're playing against anything else, it feels maybe not so good. Yeah, even against vehicles, like you still have to actually wound the vehicle to get the ion token on there, which is you know the dice on that thing are garbage. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a fundamental issue with ion. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this is not a topic about ion. Personally, I I also like the flamer frag combo. Uh, I think you could make an argument for flamer ion grenades or flamer impact grenades just because they're cheaper now. Like, those grenades are dirt cheap. Um, and the frags, at least if you're blasting like a multi-model trooper unit, the frags are usually overkill. But it is nice for those situations where you're trying to hit slap a single model, you know, and then it's five reds instead of like five blacks or whatever, which does make a pretty big difference. Um, I agree and disagree about hostage. I think they are great on hostage, but not as the hostage unit. Uh, and specifically only in a Palpatine list. They are the unit that you want to blow up your opponent's hostage on turn two when you play given to your anger. And if you're going to do that with them, you know, your hostage, ideally, if you're running away with them, which you should be, they should already be further than range one away from your opponent's hostage at the start of turn two. So you want your snowtroopers to be the ones that you're kind of like shoving into your opponent's hostage while you have, you know, a naked stormtrooper or whatever being the ones that run away with the hostage. Yeah, they're the same speed. Yeah, the snows get a free shot when they take those two speed one moves, but it's probably going to be a range three shot and it's probably just going to be crit fishing with white dice. So um, at least for me personally, uh, you know, if you're playing snows, you're probably playing palp. And if you're playing palp, you're playing give into your anger at the start of turn two to blow your opponent's hostage up and you want to do that with the snows or with guard um which means that your hostage unit should be something else so um yeah i think that kind of sums up my thoughts about them uh, i do think you could actually take two in a palp list uh with the right setup i actually played luke in a practice game um like a week ago, <laughs> the list he ran was actually illegal. Neither of us realized it, but he had seven core in it. <laughs> so maybe it's not the, the best example. How did that? I don't know. It was just like, it was a practice game. We, no, no, neither no, no, no. of us I'm, realized I'm going to say that once again. How the hell do you not realize that? <laughs> I don't know. 
you know, it was it was Pelp, uh, two snows, two shores, two mortars, and a stormtrooper with uh, a medic, and then World Guard. So I don't know. Neither of us really. I, dude, I'm in like a fog right now. I gotta be honest with <laughs> just life in general. So my Legion games are like kind of autopilot, <laughs> especially my practice games. Um, I gotta get back in the zone. But yes, he didn't realize it either. So at least it's not, you know. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, I think you could make it was pretty good. You could take two snows with Pelp. And especially against droids, that would be a, a very defensible choice. Um, yeah, I mean, pull the strings on snows has always been good. It's, still it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the action economy on it is just ridiculous. Like it really is. There's and there's there's one cute before we there's I just want to before I forget about talk about one cute little trick with a snow flamer, which is the peekaboo leader no sight, no cover shot with the flamethrower. So you actually can shoot something. And this goes for all units, not just snows, clearly. But um, your unit leader does not need to have line of sight to your target to shoot them. The, uh, you know, which units, which models can contribute dice thing is like separate and apart from the choosing a target um, step. So uh, generally speaking, if your unit leader can't see any models in the target unit, they automatically have a heavy cover. But of course, the flamer has blast. Um, So sometimes you can get a little bit extra range by like, and I mean like lateral range, not forward range, because clearly you can't go here forward to get extra weapon range. But you can basically like move your unit leader, you know, uh, behind a line of sight block or throw your guys around the side so that they can see your target, blast them with the flamethrower and the frag grenades. They don't get cover because of the flamethrower, um, even though your unit leader can't see, and then you swing them back behind that line of, line of sight blocking piece of terrain. So classic snow trooper little trick anyway sorry mike go ahead and hopefully i didn't make you forget what yeah, you're gonna say yeah i don't know I, mm, nope Continue. sorry you're good it's fine okay i don't it was not super important okay oh, yeah that's all i got for snows is the so basically the tldr there is palpvader only probably one of you probably want the flamer. If you're going to do some kind of crazy iron build, it can be effective. But if you're not playing against droids, you're going to be sad. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think shorthand here really is, <clears throat> unless you really want to play them or you have a really good reason, you should probably avoid them entirely. Like I, I don't want to <clears throat> make the theme here like writing units off because that's not what we're trying to do. But <clears throat> but I do think that. Um, in this slot, very similarly to fleet troopers, but probably a step up. Um, snow troopers are kind of in that same like super niche, probably you know, every unit that takes practice to understand how to how they fit in the list, where they fit in the list, how to play them in the like they're a unit that takes time to understand. But essentially, yeah, I understand. Like I get what you're saying. Like, we're not saying like to like throw them in the trash. Like, I, I guess what I'm saying is like the first time you build a list, you shouldn't include a snowtrooper in it. It's more something like you you play a list a couple of times and are like, I need this like sauce, you know, like I I need a little bit more oomph or I need something specific that that the snowtrooper like fills that niche and you put them in later. You know, I I would I would um, 
just say, you know, build your empire list with the other Imperial Corps, and and if you feel like you're missing something, try out the Snowtrooper and like uh, as a one of slot, and and see if that fixes the problem. But but uh, but I think overall you should probably start elsewhere. Yep. I do think they're better than fleets. Yeah, I mean but, they're definitely better than fleets. That, yeah. I, that, I mean, that's what was, uh, if that came out wrong, I'm sorry. I was trying to say that they were a step up from fleets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, steady's just really good. I mean, it is. Steady's a great keyword. So here's before we move on, real quick, I want to throw one thing at you guys. What do you think of Gideon and, and a snow unit? Um, the dice aren't good enough. I don't think to justify the cost. He's what thirty eight points. Yeah, it's Gideon makes it's an eighty-two point unit. That's a lot, um, in my opinion. In contrast, the Flamer Frag version. I mean, I could see, I could see maybe doing it if you have like a core centric list and coordinate Daisy Chains some stuff, right? But like, I just don't think Gideon is worth 38 points if I'm just being blunt yeah, about it. I, yeah. I, I will agree with that. I'm I, just being blunt. Yeah. I think that uh, where we are in the game right now, it's pretty clear that Dell and Gideon are overcosted um, in comparison to... To Echo and Fives. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, like that that's the easy junction to make, yeah. but I, I would argue that the the Gideon and Dell are even overcosted in Inferno Squad. Like, the, yeah. the fact that no one is playing Inferno Squad, I think, is you know something else altogether but i I do think that it speaks to the fact that that just those those upgrades seem to be uh maybe a little bit more than they should be i guess to your point kyle about gideon and snowtroopers um you know i i I think if he was like on cost with a flamer i still would probably take the flamer um frankly i think you lose a lot of the coordinate right because he's got coordinate do you gain an extra? Cool, do you gain an extra? Um, uh, do you go to courage too? Yeah, it's you courage do. too. You do. Yeah, which which is and, not and an extra wound, which is not nothing. The extra wound is, eh. But but yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I think he basically he turns the snow squad into a DLT squad with steady, which is like fine. But like but for the points need, you're but... paying for it, just take a DLT. Yeah, because you're losing the impact, which is really the, like, I mean, I'm not saying that's important. It's the range. It's just a question be. of. It could be. And that also. It's just a question of how st- how important study is to you. Because I've always personally felt like if you could just give Snows a DLT, they would be ridiculous. Um, but clearly, Gideon is. Just because study is such a good keyword. I mean, if you could give Snows a DLT at 68 points. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like it would be really good. But, but like. Yeah, that's not. It's what. It's much more. It's like four. It's eighty two. Yeah, it's yeah. It's not close. It, so, it sounds <laughs> yeah. like. It sounds like kind of ridiculous, but like it feels like Dell, and Gideon are kind of like lacking like sharpshooter, um, like because their dice pools are so small for the price points that they're given to go onto the units they go to. Well, the issue like, is that sharpshooter is a unit keyword as opposed. Well, to that too. Like you can't put it on like a weapon or an add on, so like you can't. Like I understand that, but like I'm saying, that's what it feels like they're lacking. Well, it's because the unit you normally put them on has marksman, and yeah. marksman and sharpshooter is not a thing that yeah. currently exists. So totally, <laughs> well, it is a, together. an inferno squad, right? Like yeah, 
Well, I guess marksman well, and there's no sharpshooter. Uh, together, yeah, yeah, they yeah. don't exist together because yeah. marksman just gives you the crits. So, but yeah, to, right. I, I bet to the point, it's just 38 points is a lot to do that. I think. Yeah, it's so maybe interesting. Probably too expensive is the TLDR there. Yeah, I will say that uh, you know if if I were to con- this is uh, like super theory crafting. I would never really talk about this on the cast except for like sort of talking about it. I would never bring this up myself, but. I think Dell is a better choice in a snow squad than Gideon. Because you have a sniper with peekaboo, basically? Yeah. Uh, you know, and and it's... I mean, I don't think it's very good, but, like, if, if I was going to pick one of them, it would probably be Dell, and it would be in some sort of way where I could, like, get a maim tokens or something, you know? Um, yeah, you have to feed a maims for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, which, which I think, you know, is a lot of work and is expensive, but I could see it. I don't know. Um, again, a niche, I would never take it to a tournament. You know. Alright, let's move on to Shores. So, basically, same four-part um, multi-meandering question for Shores. I am going to preface this with words that I never thought I would ever say. Um... I wish comms relay still worked on short troopers. Um, okay, hang on. I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. Because this cast will be two hours otherwise. I, I know. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. So what I do not want to hit, at least right now, yeah. is we're sure is over nerfed. Yes. And <laughs> I don't think so, personally. <laughs> uh, I, I think... But we're not talking about this right now. So we're Shores over nerfed. Uh, We can table that for another cast. And uh, how do you feel about the comms relay change, which is now more than a year in the past? Yeah. Um, Wow, holy crap. (laughs) I think think those are um, fun fun hot take discussions. Uh, Um, What I want, (laughs) what I think I'd like to make this discussion about is what we have now with Shores. Like, how do you use them in an empire list? How many do you take, etc.? So purely tactics. Otherwise, uh, otherwise we're going to be here for two hours. You mean like we Not were saying today we can... in, in background chat? They, yeah, yeah. They I go mean, hand in hand, Kyle. No, they don't. Because this is what we have, Zach, right now. This is what we have to work with. So yeah. let's go from there. Whether or not that's what we should have is a completely different discussion. Um. Shores are are really interesting to me because like I think prior to the point changes they just got recently, what I would think like stapling offensive push uh to them was something you probably should be trying to do. I think that you might not be able to afford that now because Empire List building is kind of wacky. Um the good thing with the changes, right, is that it pushes you from using like a three or four of shores to start new stormtroopers and shores. So I think shores are probably like a one to two of and you bring a one to two of a mortar most likely two and two is probably where you want to land um i am still sounds perfect i'm still on the emplacements aren't that good train um but the whole reason you bring shores is that you can activation pad stat with the mortar right like it's part of the reason i mean don't get me wrong the t21 uh b is still a fantastic gun um Shores is still good. Like I'm not trying to really dump on Shores with my previous comment. I still think that they're very, very good. They're still a very good unit. Um, 
but for the yeah i won't get into the reasons for that um but they're still good i i think there are two of i of course there's the three 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 lists that you're gonna have to take three and three of right um but i think two shores is good for i think any empire list so for the uninitiated, can you explain what 333 is? Because I know we've used that abbreviation before, but it's, it's possible that those that aren't like, you know, and closely following the competitive meta knows what that is. It's Iden with uh, three shores, three mortars, and then three ISF. Um, and I think that might be the only list that you want three shores and three mortars in, if I'm being quite frank with you. Um, if you're bringing three shores and three mortars, the only other way I could see is maybe like like a high activation, like 13 list, like 13 activation list, maybe that's like fleshed out with like e-webs or something. I don't know. Um, but I think you don't want three of shores anymore, personally. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm going to start a long, it's maybe not a long rant, but I am going to talk about uh, there is a conception right now, I think, among a lot of the community that Empire is not so hot. Perception. Per, it is, per, it conception. is a perception. And I want yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I be, did I say conception? Uh, yeah. Per, I mean, yeah, very much out of context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, totally, <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> it is a conception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It is a perception. Wow. Um, they sound the same. Um Something so, on your mind. No, never mind. Anyway. Yeah, whatever. Uh, always. Uh, <laughs> in any case. Um, so, I think the, the first year and a half to two years of this game, Empire lists were defined fundamentally by the fact that their core was... Uh, above average if not exceptional and that it carried the list um i think uh in, in later days we saw lists that pretty much exclusively ran three short troopers three mortars that used to be like what you started building every empire list ever with because of the comms relay stuff and aggressive tactics and all that jazz we're not gonna hash out the fact that stuff they're like stuff has been nerfed however i want to be very clear that i think that the reason that most people think empire is not so great right now is because they're trying to do what was um what was a thing before and i think it's catalyzed by the fact that mortars are not very good anymore which is the bulk of the point that I'm about to get at, um, is that you cannot afford to bring more than two mortars in an Imperialist. Like, period. I, I, I think that Shore Troopers, you could take four of them in two mortars, and that would be, that would be fine. Um, I, just, I think we need to break the conception that if you take a Shore Trooper, you also have to take a mortar. Perception. Um, yeah, perception. Jeez, it is on my mind, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I've seen a lot of lists that they use more short troopers than there are mortars um, to great effect. And, and the fact of the matter is that mortars right now are eaten alive 
by ARC troopers. They're eaten alive by AATs. There is just, there's like, there's so many things in the game right now. They're eaten alive by Cassian and Iden with sniper rifles. Like, anything with marksmen just like, you know, drills them into a place where they just delete an activation. And, uh, so I think that when we're talking about short troopers, we really need to be talking about like just the short trooper unit because, because the mortar is kind of like on the, you know, last week we talked about the rebel Corps and, and the vets and how, like, if you take a rebel vet, you're pretty like the only reason to take a vet is because you want access to the Mark two. I think, I think that is very much not the case with short troopers. Um, you like you're not paying for access to the mortar. Short troopers are exceptional on their own, and you, and you need to understand that fact. The only reason you're bringing a mortar is because your activation padding. That that's basically it. You're just bumping your activations with it. Um, and to kind of bring this full circle, if you are building a list that is investing substantial points in your imperial core units, you need at least five course like five man body units whether they are shores storms uh what whatever um like you you can't afford to be have having mortars like clog up those slots because if you only have three beefy units that they can shoot at you're gonna have like one beefy unit unit to shoot at by the time you like seriously engage at range three which is where you need your shores engaging at um all of that is to say, I think shores are completely and perfectly acceptable in Imperial list building right now. I just think people really need to like take a step back and think about it differently because it is not what it used to be. So the short version there is maybe shores are a little more like a one, two of, unless you're going for a very specific build like the item three, 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 one. I think I think generally, yeah, they're probably one two. I think you're either. I, I think you can do any of it, really. I think you can go all in on shores and take like four of them. Um, frankly, um, you know, t target is still an exceptional keyword. You know, you have um, to build around it. You, you do, build, and, and I yeah. mean, like, I think you you can target and put offensive push on all four of them, and you can really and and you can still bump your activation count to 10. Like the Imperial officer is dirt cheap and basically various at this point. Right. So like, um, <clears throat> you know, you can, you can still do things that focus on your core units. Um, but you know, I mean, they're, they're the best offensive Imperial core unit, like by far. And I think they're, they're probably, I mean, like, statistically they're probably i haven't looked at the math but outside of clones like with aim sharing like shores are still like the the most lethal thing you can really be doing with your core units frankly yep accurate like, like and i think a lot of people have forgotten that or like or chosen to put it off to the side you know um well it'll it'll come in our second part of the conversation like it, it, it changes the fundamental way that the faction had been running previously that's absolutely that's what it boils down to um, I guess my question is, right, Kyle, and you're next to come up and I'll spin another question on to you, right? And maybe you can back up, you know, some of the things we said, right? Is bringing a comms tech and an uplink feasible after these changes? I know you wanted to focus on the unit as is, right? So they got a little bit of a points bump. That does hurt upshores um, quite a bit. It does, although the comms tech also got cheaper. 
So that's, that's um, fair. It's probably a little bit of a wash there. Yeah. You also now have access to Gideon, who gives you a free coordinate. Yeah. Um, which I would, if you're running some kind of crazy like four shore build, I would strongly consider Gideon going in one of those. Uh, just no. So, Mike, you're making a face at me. I am making a face at you. I, yeah. <laughs> I, so, um, I think you're taking. Like? You're, so, I, I get. I think I get where you're trying to go with this. Is that like? It looks like he should, should synergize well in like an upshore build where you're using the HQ uplinks and you're like coordinating and stuff. Well, I'm not even saying with the HQ uplinks. I'm just saying. Sure. sure. Just general, like in a shore squad. You get a free order. You do. You yeah. get a free order, which, which, which you is can bounce to nothing. another shore. Yeah. I just. Um, I mean, you lose a T twenty one B, which is like the whole reason you're taking yeah. the spot in the first place. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, his weapon profile is significantly worse than a T twenty one B. There's no question about that. I, I don't know, and and I and you're paying more, right? I think it's it's three more. It's thirty five versus thirty eight. Yeah, you get a wound, you get courage too, but it's a much worse weapon profile. Yeah, I, so I mean, I think that. Um, I personally would would lean towards just take the T twenty one B. It's it like. Could... I mean, to be fair, out of curiosity, while we're sitting here, I did four snow trooper. I mean, four short troopers with the T twenty one B, and a snow trooper with Gideon, with three snipers, right? And that comes out to be five hundred and seventy four points. That's not terrible. That's right, eight and activations. And that's eight activations. Like, like that's eight get, activations yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, like, like, and and you've got no mortars. Right. right. That's yeah, right. Exactly. Zero you, know, like you, you can easily just dunk a mortar in there as your six core unit, and you're totally. nine for forty points. So, like, so to kind of back up what Kyle was saying, I could see the case for Gideon just not on a short trooper unit. I could see it being in like a snow trooper unit that we had already previously talked about, right? But you're you're basically doing it for the coordinate. You're not doing it to have him, and just the the bonuses that he gets steady, right? Um, I, I agree with Mike here that. You don't want to put him in a short trip. If putting him in a short trip unit feels like a trap to me uh, personally, because you're losing the T21B. Yeah, that's fair. I just thought I'd throw it out there because coordinate yeah. is a good keyword. I Courage mean, two is nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird to say because like two red dice is very good still, but the T21B is really good because of the critical. Right? I mean, the, the uh, criticals. And four dice at range four. Four dice, range four. Like, there's a lot of different reasons for it. Let's think about this rationally, though. And I, and I, and I you know, Kyle, I'm, I'm, you know, going over this in my mind. Like, I've definitely thought about it. Um, it's basically a clone, tr- like a phase two with a range three, um, whatever their red gun is. DC 15. Dice wise, you know, yeah. with, with aim token, with one aim token. Um, I just like I don't think clones. I don't. I don't. Not that we're talking about clones, but I think that that's like a very comparable unit. Um, I I think you just want more dice, generally speaking. Like like you you've got aim tokens. Like it that's very important. The critical is also a big deal. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and I think it actually says a lot for the quality of the T twenty one B as a weapon that you're saying like okay, so Gideon, you're getting you're paying three more points. You're getting an extra courage, you're getting an extra wound, and you're getting coordinate, uh, which triggers the thing that short troopers want to do, which is get more orders. Um, but you're downgrading your T21B to two red dice. I mean, I mean the T21B, and 
is the best core heavy weapon in the game. Like oh, hand, full hand stop. Down. Yes. Like like mm-hmm. just just full stop. Um, it's not close. Uh, you know, it, you can make comparisons to like the Rebel DLT and stuff, but just like the extra aim tokens and all, and all that jazz. Like it's it's so good. Um, and the Rebel DLT is one less dice. Right, like, like you know, which which is important when you're factoring like how often you're triggering critical, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So, so and durability at other range shots coming back at you too. Yeah, I mean, like the thing is with a T twenty one B, you know, if you get two or three aim tokens on them, which is not unfeasible in an Empire list if you're triggering target and handing out stuff with like electro binoculars and stuff, um, like you can get two to three crits at range four, like. I mean, you know, it's it's. Not... I haven't built, I haven't built an empire list in a long time, just because I don't play empire, right? But like in the middle of talking about all this, you can do like an imperial officer with aggressive tactics and binox, right? Three short troopers with the comms tech and uplink, uh, another short trooper, all with the T twenty one B, getting in, in a snow trooper unit to just kind of pile on the uh, coordinate, you know, based on what we were discussing, a mortar and an e-web those are basically your padding of activations and three strike teams and that's 11 activations 795 um your three short troop units have an extra body and uplinks um i mean you could always work around and change points right you don't have maybe you don't take binox maybe you throw offensive push like there's things you can do um but to kind of hammer it home like there's there's something there i think um you know, there, there's more there than you would think at first glance, I think. At that, that, you know, and and even I have been someone that's been like, oh man, Empire's in a bad place. Like I, even I've been that kind of like, on paper, it kind of looks bad sometimes. But when you look at a list like that, you're like, man, short troopers can still hit like a truck when you need them to. Uh, so, you know. So what upgrades are you considering on shores besides the obvious T21B? Well, two-part question. First one, I think this will be easy and short. Do you ever run them naked without the T21B? Hell no. Okay. <laughs> Not close. Agreed. Let's that was move rhetorical, on. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, a little bit. Um, you know, this is like a 101 section, so um, no, no question is a silly question, right? I mean, so just to be clear. Uh, there are definitely people in the competitive realm that have done it. I don't think it's something you should do. Um, it, it, like, yeah, I don't know. It, I think it worked well when arcs didn't exist. I, I shouldn't say it worked well. It was like a thing you could do when arcs didn't exist. But but the reason to do it was just to to pad a bunch of activations and have a bunch of mortars in your list. Um, yeah, and that was when mortars was... were like. Functionally, mortars are good when the other side of the table doesn't have something that like hard counters them. The issue is that, like in the last six to eight months, like there's a lot of things that all of a sudden hard counter them. So I wouldn't even say it's hard counter, even though hard countering is part of it. I would say that the suppressive keyword on the mortar also has lost its value too. Um, I'm not saying that it's lost all value. But when you're shooting like a phase two and like a droid, like it doesn't feel as good as you were like previously shooting other Imperials and Rebel Troopers. So I would argue its value has increased. Ooh. Because because if you shoot a phase two with a normal weapon, it does literally nothing, which is a significant downgrade from, you know, shooting a Courage one unit. If you shoot a phase two with a mortar, 
you still have a good chance to do two suppression, which means you're actually costing them an action, unlike shooting them with a normal weapon. Suppressive, the, the value of suppressive goes up when, you're, when your opponent has more high courage units relative to weapons that don't have suppressive. I agree. The issue is that... They have arcs back in the middle, I guess. Right, is that... The, yeah, yeah, is clearly. That if you're shooting phase twos, that also means that your mortars are dead. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> totally. I mean, but I, I don't think... I don't think it has anything to do with the suppressive keyword decreasing in value because I don't think that's happened. Yeah, I, I think that that's fair. Um, are you taking... So let's talk about upgrades besides the T21B. What, if any, upgrades besides the T21B are you taking on, on these guys? Comms tech and uplink, which we've discussed, is you know potential. Um, I could see maybe a medic in certain lists, right? Um, and... Officer Shores are really, really good too. I, I think there's options there. It depends on your list makeup. Um, offensive push, if you want to be greedy and go for aims, which, I mean. They're pretty good with aims. Yeah, why not? Um, again, I think it really, this is a hard question because it really depends on play style, the list that you're trying to go for, and yeah, it's a tough question. I think there's there's a lot more options there that meets the eye, I think. Yeah, I so I think the one upgrade that you didn't talk about uh that I would like to add to the list is targeting scopes. Uh that is what that is the name. Yeah, right? Totally. Targeting scopes. Yeah. Um yep. you know, which which increases the value of your aim tokens, which the value of your aim tokens is already pretty high because you're generally rerolling black dice. Um so to reroll an additional black die every time you spend a name token is pretty good. Um, you know, I think that generally speaking, you want to be aim token stacking with these. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, if you get two to three aim tokens on a shore unit, like it's not that different than a phase two Z6 shot backed up by a bunch of shared aims, frankly. Like, in, like it's, it's not. It's just um, low. It's lower ceiling. It's it, well, right? it's got a. Um, I think it. Lower. It does have a lower ceiling technically, but I also just think because of it, dice volume straight but, up. But generally, it. it also has access to less aim tokens, right? Um, right. It, but you also need less aims to hit that ceiling. That is very fair, right? So, um, you know, uh, it's. It's not quite a phase two shot backed up with a bunch of aim tokens but this is also something you can do two to three times a turn right so like and that's not something that you can do super reliably with clones these six shots so i mean there's some trade-offs there and you do have to like recover offensive push and stuff but um you know but these are lethal first strike units and you should build them as such most of the time like like if, if you're if you're not looking to build a lethal first strike unit with a short trooper you should probably be taking stormtroopers and we we can talk about why that is once we get to storms but you know i think that um you know you, you want to be trying to do as much damage as possible and truck someone at range three the instant you get there that's that's your plan if you're playing short troopers um so lean into it. On that note, what about recon intel? Um, I 
Recon's become one of those things where it's just like, like if you got the points, yeah. Like I remember like building lists a while back, you'd always want to be like reconning, but like I don't think it's necessary. Not as necessary as it used to be, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's the like fact whatever. that bids are so important nowadays means that you'd rather have an extra two points for your bid yeah. than taking recon intel. I don't know. Yeah, it's just a way because it's most deployments, there are a significant percentage of the deployments where you basically start range four almost exactly away from your opponent. And recon intel lets you kind of do that move shoot range three on the on the first turn where you wouldn't otherwise be able to. But yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that there isn't value in it. Um, yeah, I think they're probably. But you, you gotta, you gotta be greedy with your points. It's like the lug. It's a, it's a, it's a straight up luxury item, right? Yeah. Don't if you got, if you got the extra points, why not? Yeah. All right, let's hit storms. Last but not least. DLT is cheaper. It is. The DLT is cheaper. That is accurate. Storms are are interesting. Um and I and this really rolls into the next conversation a little bit. Um but for context, right? Mike sent the list earlier and the core is like beefed up with stormtroopers. And I and I actually think that fundamentally that might be the way to go. And this is somewhat of a trend, I think, for civil war, the civil war factions. Uh Kyle, you know, we discussed precast, you've been playing Captain rebels and i even brought up bringing extra rebel bodies into units so it's not just like the captains or the specialists it's also the extra bodies um and i think the reason for that is because one arc troopers and two droids you need to one be able to be able to take chip damage and not feel the wrath two you need dice volume to deal with droids so it does with both of those right and, and intrinsically like empire and rebels can kind of like deal with each other Right, uh, they always have been, right? They're always they've always been in like the same, I don't say the same level of play, but like they're like in the same realm, right? It's figuring out how to deal with the new factions and what's the best way to do it. And I think that stormtroopers um, are in a case like the rebel troopers, where bringing extra bodies is definitely more viable now. Um, I think that their weapons are not as cut and dry i do think that the rtc 97 is is R, rtc rtc 97 is that like the actual it's rt 97 c rt 7 rt 97 c i do think the rt 97 is probably the way i would go if i was playing um stormtroopers because one you're throwing dice at range four and clones can't shoot dice at range four and droids typically um you know the core is not throwing dice at range four nowadays right um so I would probably, prefer, and I know that the DLT is range four, but the dice pool is kind of, eh, right? I, I, but I, but I do think there's a case for the DLT too, and I think that storms are in a better position than people think. Um, I storms are in, like, it's I can't be like, hey, take one or two of storms. Um, I think there's ways you could play, bring three of storms and four of storms and five of storms, and maybe go balls to the wall and take six storms, right? I, I do think that storms are the flexible core unit of the faction. You can kind of take them as you go. Uh, I would bring them naked. I would bring the DLT. I would bring the RT. I don't know if I'd bring the T21. I, I, I guess critical, I mean, critical two is good, but like, 
I think I would rather the range of the RT versus or the or the DLT versus the uh, T21. Um, but I do think there's merit to what Mike was building, and we can get to that a little bit after this. And what that was was beefing up the core to deal with certain things. Um, and I do think storms are in a better place than people think. Yeah, I mean, um, so I think that storms are. I'm not going to say a great place, um, but I think that they're in basically the same place that Rebel Troopers are. People just don't know it yet. Um, you know, uh, they're cheap. You can take six of them for roughly 400 points with heavies. You know, um, it's fine. Uh, I think that Storms... So, I think it's hard to have this discussion without talking about what we're going to talk about next. So, can we just talk about both of them? It goes... It goes hand in yeah. hand. That's the issue. Like okay. it goes together. So yeah. yeah, this is why we're talking about both these topics. On yeah. This yeah. So yeah, the, the list basically spurned the whole, <laughs> the whole like train of thought. Really, right? So I, I think, um, and you feel free to like kind of throw in your guys wherever you see fit. Um, you know, we have seen over the past, you know, six months to eight months uh, that that this, the Clone Wars factions have really, um, is particularly from a core unit perspective, really outshined the original Civil War factions. Um, a lot, and I think that, you know, after we had talked and, you know, after being in the meta and playing, you know, hundreds of games, I'm pretty convinced that it's got nothing, that, <clears throat> I'm not going to say nothing to do, but... The primary reason the core units are generally better is the, uh, the fact that they ignore suppression a lot of the time. Droids just flat out, unless they're panicking, they're doing whatever they want. And clone phase two lists are also generally doing whatever they want a large majority of the time. Courage two on a core trooper um, is huge. And um, I think we've said it several times. It's like almost having like special forces in the course. Oh, absolutely. I think Kyle has said that like several times. Yeah. And so, you know, we've talked kind of at length uh, about rebel troopers taking captains to do the vigilant situational awareness thing. And I th we, we've definitely talked about the suppression ignoring mechanic, but I think up until this point, um, maybe much to Kyle Chagrin, uh, we have swept the suppression-ignoring mechanic part of it. Kind of, uh, we haven't talked a ton about it. And I think that it's important. Um, and I think that when we're starting to talk about Stormtroopers, um, it's it, it, it's further important. And I think that um, the captains for the Rebels and Imperials both synergize greatly with what their factions core units are trying to do, right? So the whole vigilant situational awareness thing um, combos super well with the whole nimble dodge token thing. And a captain with offensive push in a stormtrooper unit works very well with precise, right? Um, and the issue with stormtroopers up until this point is that if you get a suppression token on them, they're, it's really tough to do anything relevant with them. And, and that's really fundamentally been the issue with Stormtroopers and why short, one of the reasons short troopers were such a thing was because you could consistently strict orders a suppression off them if they got if they got hit. Um, or you put officers on the shores and you could do it at Courage too, right? And 
Storms have a cheap, efficient way to do that now in the captain. And I think that that is very important. Um, it's also like super not unreasonable to take like five storms with captains, offensive push, and RTCs. And like it really doesn't cost that much. Like, you know. Um, yeah, and like, let's put it in perspective. You're adding another body that adds another die to the dice pool. It also adds another die, you know, another body from being chipped away. Um, you're adding an aim token and you're adding in the suppression mitigation that you're discussing. So like you're doing a multitude of different things all for cheaper than what the other. So if, like in perspective, if you brought a medic, you get two charges. You're basically saving a couple wounds here or there, right? You're doing that for cheaper by bringing the captain because you're adding a wound effectively, right? Um, you're, if you bring a, if you bring a um, um, Imperial officer, right? To bring courage too. Um, sure, courage two is good, but the officer costs more points and you don't ignore suppression, right? It's just, it gives you courage too. Um, whereas the captain can just straight up ignore it. And you're not getting that extra aim token from offensive push. Like there's, I really didn't think of it that way until you posted this list. And again, I keep, we keep on alluding to it. Like it spurned the conversation we had. Like when you posted the list, I was like, there's something to this and it needs to be explored and sure, it's not the same thing that Empire has done in the past, which you'd always bring core, but you wouldn't beef them up and you wouldn't do certain things with them. But it comes to a point where you have to fundamentally change how you play the game because you're trying to change the effects that have been happening to the faction recently. Yeah, and, and I think the most important thing that maybe this does that we haven't hit on yet is that because... You're, you're building Stormtrooper units that are effective when you need them to be and offensively capable so that they're like they're actual units that do things. Um, they don't need order tokens, though, which is super important because Empire lists, whether people really want to acknowledge it or not, really need to be giving their orders to their, their, like, their, their hitters, right? Whether they be Iden or Vader, or Bosk, or Palpatine, or whomever, though all of the Empire characters are super selfish when it comes to order tokens. They are not rebel characters that are just like, here, have some order tokens, right? And so, you know, if you're not playing Krennic or Veers, um, you know, you're, which, frankly, in the current meta, you know, they're, they're like they're like wannabe rexes right like they've got like they do decent things but like they can't actually fight <laughs> um and yeah which is which is important you need your characters to be able to do things nowadays otherwise they need to be dirt cheap and so um you know i think i think you need bosks and i think you need operative vaders and i think the issue that we've had up to this point was that like short troopers were like i need orders to be effective right and beefed up stormtroopers allows you to sort of create these units that are very similar to shores frankly in effectiveness um and cost and still take boss and have him be order hungry which is important yeah because that's what your list had it had boss in it and you look at the list and you're like 
Can well, do you, do you have it in sense. front of you because I'm recording? Yeah, and I can't have it. Yeah, so. I can bring it up. And, but like you look at and and again, I keep on alluding to this. It just it was something that like never really clicked until we started discussing it, you know. And um, the list was uh, I gotta find it because we went to a deep, we went to a rabbit hole. <laughs> um, hold on, where is it? Wow, we really did go into a rabbit hole. Um, here it is. It was. Um, Two Imperial officers, both with Binox, Bosk with Hunter. Uh, and actually, it's a different one. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say, that doesn't sound. Yeah, right. no, no. It was, so actually, you had, you got Veers into this list. You had Veers. That's very possible. Binox, Bosk with Hunter, Seas, and targeting scopes. So, like, you had upgrades on both of your characters, right? And then you had five Stormtroopers with the RT-97C captains offensive pushes and then three snipers and you had an eight point bid so you're bringing veers with binox to pass out aim tokens of things that could use them which if you haven't played rt 97 c's they really like aim tokens um like they really really like aim tokens because you still are throwing a lot of white dice right you got to keep that in mind you're throwing a lot of white dice so the aim tokens really help right um Seize on Bosk basically allows you for like the coordinate, probably the, the coordinated fire turn, really, or other, you know, this, I guess there's, you know, some other cases where you want it, but like the, the turn that you can't be selfish with Bosk, you have that opportunity to put an order on him, right? And you can choose to go last with him, which is what Bosk wants to do. Um, I think the most important thing about this list um, is that you need to understand that like, Bosk is still fragile. I, I do think Bosk has a better place in the meta than people are giving him credit for. And that's for another discussion when we talk about Imperial operatives. I'm only really discussing it now because we're discussing this list specifically, right? But like Bosk also plays into what the list is doing, right? You're, you have all sorts of range four and five weapons. You have maximum firepower with Veers, which yeah, I know maximum firepower is really not as good as it used to, but, but it's still a thing. You still have things that... and it's not just about clones, right? But like you have things that can hit clones from range that they can't fire back with, except for arc troopers. Right. And, and like the take that clankers turn, but after that their Z sixes have to come into range three. And that's really where RTCs actually shine, right? Like if like RTCs are like at like exactly range four and the clones have to enter range three, and then you enter range three with your captains, you're tapping offensive push. You're getting binox on them. You're doing things to give them the aim tokens that they need to hit beefier units with a lot of good, you know, a lot of dice that you can kind of manipulate with precise, right? Um, I don't know. I just think that it was a list that, like, shows that, like, there is a way to do what you've done in the past, but intrinsically change it all at the same time. Um, because this that's what you need to do. Uh, Empire's in the spot where Empire used to be the, the faction that would aim and shoot, right? And right now there are other factions that gun line a little bit better than they do. So they need to kind of manipulate how they do it. Um, and I thought this list was interesting um, because like you said, it allows Bosk or let's say it was operative Vader or whatever, like to be selfish, but you have the backup where the captain can, can kind of control what happens to you. Right. And that's important for, for empire, I think. Um, it's something I'm interested in seeing explored. Let's put it that way. 
Yeah, I mean, this is kind of an analog to the Rebel Captain setup, except you're taking offensive push instead of situational awareness, and you're leaning into aim tokens and precise instead of dodges and nibble. Now, whether that's as good or not, I think it's an open question. It's certainly less vulnerable to, like, high velocity. Um, you get your beef from your red saves instead of from dodge tokens. Otherwise, it's a relatively comparable unit, offensively speaking. Um, it's not doesn't hit quite as hard as like a DLT captain does, but if you can get it aims, it's pretty close. So, um, yeah, I think it's potentially interesting. I do think I would love to see Bosk on the you know Bosk is still uh, my favorite bounty hunter. Uh, I would love to see him on the table again. I do think there's also some, you know, not just talking specifically about beefy storms, but I think there's some room to play with seeds of the initiative and you know mike talked about rebel i'm sorry empire players not wanting to think like rebel players that their focus pieces need orders well seas kind of lets you get around the previous issues with like double bounty and other multi-character lists you could probably make some crazy like iden bosk boba fett lists with seize the initiative on everybody and a bunch of naked stormtroopers that weren't that bad. Um, you know, that's a lot of Pierce. Those are three characters that are all good characters. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like a faux rebel hero spam list. I think you could probably do something like that. I haven't personally tried it. I would still probably run something like what Mike posted with, you know, Veers Bosk, a bunch of beefy storms and strike teams, because that's my style. But... <laughs> Yeah. Especially ones that hit at range four. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean yeah. I do think that like um you know, if you just take like a storm deal take a bunch of storm DLTs, like you're gonna be disappointed in 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 what yeah. they're doing. Like I, and I think that that's kind of where we end up with this perception uh, <laughs> that uh, you know, Imperial Core is kind of like faded because people feel like they have to take these core units that like you, you've got to be intentional with your core units now. Like, like that's yeah. kind of what it comes down to, right? Um, yeah. You have to be very intentional with what you're doing with them, and you've got to specialize them, and you've got to play them a little bit more like special forces, you know, and and equip them. and And I'm not sure that's a bad thing per se. It's it's definitely different, right? It's not it's not how the game started or used to be. But you know, we you live in evolve. a world where we're super like. Like you need high good dice pools. You can't you can't get away with a core unit taking a shot and doing no damage really. Like that that that's a way to lose a game these days. Is yeah you know, when you when you step up and like take a shot with a core unit, you need to know that you're you're gonna do something. Um, yeah, essentially essentially really it boils down to like your margin of error is so minimal now. Like really. I, it it boil like everything that we discuss. You don't realize it, but like the common denominator when you like if you were to like break down everything we've said the past two weeks about these core units, is that like their margin of error previously was probably like like up here we'll call it right, and now their margin of error is like like down here. Like it, like one simple mistake or like missed shot by your core unit could ultimately cost you more than it did previously. It, I mean, don't get me wrong, Legion just like sports. And we discussed this about baseball, football, hockey. It's, it's about who makes a mistake, right. Or, or, or a mistake happens, whether it's 
a dice mistake or an actual mistake. It's one thing or another, right? But like a mistake could literally determine the game. And that margin of mistake is like down here as opposed to where it was previously, essentially. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I remember in, like, the original days of Legion, we would, like, be trading, like, DLT Storm shots against, like, Rebel Z6 shots, and literally, like, just, sometimes you just, like, the shots would bounce, and you'd be like, oh, that's okay, like, but now I put a suppression down, that's fine. Right, I put a suppression <laughs> yeah, down, like, you know? no big deal. These days, like, because the suppression is really not fundamentally, you know, Kind of to Kyle's point, like guns without suppressive, like don't really suppress core units anymore, which is important. Um, it, like y- you need to do damage in order to make it effective. Like before, you could be like, I'm gonna shoot that unit, and I'm gonna have give it a 66% chance that it can't move and shoot me, which makes me safe, right, or whatever. You can't really do that anymore, and. Because of that, you need to kill things in that unit in order to reduce its viability to, to protect yourself. And you can do that with vigilance or situational awareness, or you can do it with aim tokens. It's up to you, uh, you know. Um, but I think that, that this is the way the meta is shifting. Yep, agreed. You're quiet, Kyle. It's I mean, suspiciously quiet. So there's two reasons for that. One, I, I agree with most everything that you guys have said. Um, two, I haven't personally like tested a lot of this empire stuff, so I feel less. You know, I I I have and I have definitely been an empire player. You know, I my only invader league titles with empire. I won no open with empire. Um, arguably, it's, <laughs> arguably it's been my best competitive faction. But recently I have not been playing them. So I don't feel as qualified to like meaningfully contribute to this discussion other than um, theory crafting, which is not as useful. I have played a total of one game as an empire. I'm just saying. I mean, I I think Um, that, you know, it's important to keep in mind that like we know what the effectiveness of of a unit with offensive push and name token and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think it's a good concept. Um, I think mostly I just I just agree with you guys. Like I, I would, I'm actually strongly considering playing Empire. This episode's not going to release until Wednesday, right? I'm strongly considering playing Empire for my <laughs> next Invader game, uh, which is on <laughs> Tuesday night. Um, uh, I mean, generally I've been releasing them Wednesdays, so I think you'll yeah, be yeah. okay. I'll, I'll hold it just for you, Kyle. Okay, <laughs> no, thank no, you. Post it tomorrow. Make them sweat. Yeah, mostly because um, for surprise factor, uh, I don't know how super necessary that is. Um, I'd love to. It's been a while since I played Palpit seriously. Um, uh, I'd still love Palp. I still think he's great. Um, I have yet to use him in a tournament with Barrier. Yeah, like, barrier makes a huge difference. Um, he's cheaper, <laughs> so um, we'll see. I uh, I'm intrigued. Um, this discussion has inspired me, I guess you could say, to potentially get <laughs> Palp or Bosk back on the table because those have been my Empire boys in the past. So yeah, um, yeah, no, seriously, like the list, like I think Mike posted the list. And I don't think he expected like the the rabbit hole we went to, but it, you know here we are like 12 hours later discussing on the cast. It, it's, it's interesting. I, I kind of want to see it unfold. I mean, you know, and I just like, 
we've kind of been alluding to it, but I think a lot of Empire players are not loving where they the faction is at in the game, and and maybe there's merit to that, maybe there's not. But I but I gotta say, man, from someone who watches a lot of Star Wars Legion and is involved in the community and is watching everything, y'all playing are not playing Bosk enough, <laughs> like. Like, I, I don't know what to say other than the fact that Bosk is not in, like, 70 to 80% of Empire lists says, like, build your list differently. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, he's just, Seriously, he, he's like one of, I still think he's one of the best units in the game. He, he's amazing. You know, he's one of, um, I don't know, he, he's, he's got the suppressive that that shuts down the units that you know like putting a boss shot at range four into a phase two is still like really good you Surge, know crit pierce suppressive it's really good not to mention if you ever get to dioxus a clone ball like oh it's magical like like, like yeah it's just like it's like winning the lotto you know and, <laughs> and, and i'm not you're, saying that like you're gonna do that every game but sometimes like you can you get a good line there. of sight blocker and like like, sorry, dudes, but you're taking a dioxus charge if you want to take this key position, you know? Like, and I don't know. I mean, like. And it does, like, 10 to 15 wounds when that happens. Yeah, I mean, if you hit six, seven, <laughs> you know, phase twos and arcs and wrecks with, with the dioxus charge, like, stuff's going to die. Like, a lot of stuff's going to die. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's just like for in a, in a meta that emphasizes long range pierce so heavily, the fact that we have seen basically no Bosk these days just blows my mind. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like we we talked recast. Like I don't know. There's been like a shift in this podcast where I was used to be like you know agreeing with you know Dad here a lot, but now I'm starting to agree with Mike a lot now and. Uh, I agree with you on this one, Mike. I, I mean, I, I think, think we're. I think Kyle agrees. This point. <laughs> I think. I think. I think. I think Kyle agrees as well, though. So, Bosk is my boy. You're never gonna be able to. I, I mean, I'm gonna. <laughs> if you're gonna say good things about Bosk, I'm gonna agree with you. So, uh, all right. Well, you guys got any final thoughts? Uh, yeah. I hope that uh, Mike or Kyle can prove me wrong and. Well, uh, well, hopefully they both get the single eliminations and they can prove me wrong that Empire uh, is in a better spot because I still need to see it to believe it. I do think that this conversation has got me into in a better position where I think that there's more room to play. But I, I want to be proven. I want to see. I want to see it. I want to see it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying the battle is not uphill, to be clear. Yeah. But, but yeah. I do think that the lists that I've been seeing for Empire, like are nowhere near optimal like like you you gotta i don't know they're not you have nearly to focused enough and they have to evolve they, yes. they have yeah. to change from what they were previously you you can't you can't take like five measly corpse core units some snipers and like a couple dudes and like expect to win anymore you've got you gotta like you you gotta focus your your units and specialize your units that's literally what all the other factions are doing at this point other than empire like if empire wants to survive they've got to do that too and that might mean taking you know five specialists in your stormtroopers like uh, you know um so i will say and 
I know we touched on this briefly, but I don't want to reinforce that Empire can still do cheap red saves better than anyone else. Oh, absolutely. Totally. I, I mean, totally. You know, you can, I think that if you wanted to, you can still take a bunch of like storm DLTs and snipers and like, you know, commander Vader with some IRG and like, you know, or Palpatine is probably a better choice, but you know, like you can still do that and it's okay. You know? Yeah. And even the beefy version with the captain, you know, you're talking about the captain offensive push and, uh, RT 97 for 86 or DLT for um, 82. You know, that's that's a good 10 points cheaper than than a phase two for six red save bodies. And, so, and the offense is like not that far away from it, frankly. If you set aside aim sharing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in like could... a normal situation where they're just kind of slugging it out without you know, stacking aims on a, on a particular specific phase two, then yeah, it's actually not that far. But I mean, realistically, if you can hit a storm unit with, um, a unit with a spotter and trigger O push, you're, that's effectively three aim tokens. Um, even though it's only two, like it's, it's the equivalent of a clone having access to three aim tokens, right? Um, because they're only rolling two every time. Unless they did some scopes thing, but they don't really do that these days. No. Um. So, I don't know. I I I hope some Empire players are inspired and take heart. This is not the end of the world. Um. And if for whatever reason it ends up being the end of the world, Agent Callus is coming to save you. <laughs> yep. He is in the future. We know very little about him except that he has amazing sideburns. But perhaps that will be sufficient enough uh, to save the Empire. Um, just for posterity, real quick, I'm briefly stalling because I'm running. I'm a little bit curious. Okay. So if you had to guess, just back of napkin ballpark, what is the average hits for a RT-97 extra body with three aim tokens? With three aims? Yeah, and just to clarify, I have to remember myself, it's it's three white die and a red die for RTC. RTC yes. yeah. So you're throwing, you're throwing uh, eight white die and a red, eight Y and a red, three aim tokens rerolling. It's probably it's probably like six and a half. Tire, really? That's pretty freaking good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm wow. not like making it's, this up. <laughs> it's it's uh it's seven. Um. Seven hits, Holy and that <laughs> as as Mike said, that is not super difficult to set up. Uh, two aims is six hits, so like that's pretty. Like that's pretty good. Cover like I mean, it's good. I'd, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I, that's yeah. Um, so take that for what it's worth. But like seven. I mean, yeah, dude. It's like the they're pretty good. If you, get, if you get them aim tokens, like it's not hard here's, the, thing. here's here. the thing that people forget is that stormtroopers with aim tokens have always been good. The issue is that we have not been able to take the aim action very often. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, totally. You know, and so I think you know, just you, you need aim tokens is what it comes down to. This is how you get aim tokens. Yeah. Go yeah. kill things, friends. Definitely. Definitely. So so here's a question. Uh, for four points cheaper, would you consider 
the specialist over the captain. If if you think about it, that the suppression ignoring effect of the captain gives you an extra action, and very often your extra action is going to be to take the aim action. I think that it is so. I it is the thing you can't do there is, is you cannot move to engage you cannot move the range shoot. and yep. do all of those things, right? And that's that's the thing you can't do is move shoot, right? And I, and I yeah. think that that is sort of important. Um, you know, and I think the list proves that. You don't actually need those extra four points because you're still bringing an eight point bid and a lot of things in the list, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that, I think that there's probably merit to it. I just yeah. um, the stand shoot, I think, is uh, less good. I think you you want to be you want to be engaging in fire and like yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that like offensive push and not having to tap the captain is like really good too, right? Like yeah. Um, you know, I because because the thing the thing about offensive push is it allows you to like move, aim, shoot if you're not suppressed, and then on a later turn you can like stand your ground, aim, and shoot. shoot with the captain, right? Yeah. So you kind of can like if if you're lucky, you're double like you double dip with it. Um, with, yeah. Whereas with the specialist, you can't. So yeah, that's I, true. I think the captain is like far more flexible. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It definitely, and that's why that combos four more points per, per right and, and i think that it's probably worth the four points frankly if, you, if you're able to do if you're able to utilize it twice i think it's important yep yeah i just thought i'd throw that out there all right well we are the notorious scoundrels i'm kyle i'm mike i'm marty mcfly Oh yeah, sorry. It took me a second <laughs> because you didn't actually call me Doc Brown once, no, like you said you were going to. No, so. once we had the conversation, I forgot. So yeah, all right. Uh, stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs>